to the Holy Hardwood podcast with Pat and Tony, where your New Orleans Pelicans pick up win number five with a 131 to 110 victory over the Dallas Mavericks. Brandon Ingram, 25 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, two steals. Jordan Hawkins, 25 points, six rebounds, three assists on five of 12 from three. Herb Jones, 19 points, four rebounds, four assists, two blocks, and five steals. Zion Williamson, 19 points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals. Najee Marshall, 16 points, four rebounds, two assists, two blocks, and a steal. Dyson Daniels, 10 points, two rebounds, six assists, and three steals. Jonas Valanciunas, six points, three rebounds, four assists, two blocks, and a steal. Just want to welcome in Pat to the podcast. This one was a fun one. Uh, really looked like the guys were, uh, you know, having a lot of fun out there with all the defensive stops and getting out and transition and running, hitting threes, and you know, finally looking like uh, a team that's you know wanting to succeed and go from there. But I thought it was a really good sign tonight. Uh, you know, from that defensive end. Yeah, first and foremost, I think there's there's something that we need to touch on and, and and get an answer to. What did you have a harder time looking at last night, the uh, Pelicans' home court or Luca's mustache? Oh, Pat, that that's very very tough. I mean, the the court was a sight to see, but also was Luca's mustache. You know, he shaved it really really thin with the beard and then that stash was there so I don't know if that was the reason for the early turnovers for Luca or it was the court you know kind of messing with his vision uh but I am sure glad that we came out on top for this one yeah I mean Luca looked like for some reason he had a flashback to the mid 80s and channeled his um you know inner Larry Bird there with that mustache but um you know maybe he got lost in transit trying to make it back to 2023 because um, you know, certainly he, he did not have it going tonight. And I think a lot of that stems from, um, some tenacious defense started up front by both Herb and Dyson. So, um, having both those guys in the lineup, um, especially together to start the game, certainly gave the Pelicans a unique wrinkle that, you know, um, you know, took a lot of pressure off those other guys in the starting lineup. So that was certainly uh, a sight to see. Yeah. I just want to touch on you bring in forth that new lineup, new starting lineup with Herb Jones getting back in the lineup, coming off of injury. Uh, you know, some will say that lineup doesn't have a lot of spacing uh, nor shooting, but I do really like how it does give you at least two main defenders in that group where maybe with that, they can kind of cover up the other three, but um Touching on a couple of those guys, I really thought Brandon uh, used his length, uh, you know, for his advantage defensively. I thought he was sitting down in that chair, uh, but, you know, it, it ultimately led with Dyson and Herb. And, you know, like we always say, Herb Jones needs to be on one of all these defensive teams and in the uh, defensive player of the year discussion for sure. Yeah, both those guys are elite level defenders we've been saying that for for her or for her for some time now but Dyson's also you know since coming into the league is 
you know, really hit the ground running as, as Joel would say is way ahead of the curve in terms of, um, you know, the, the things he brings to the floor defensively. So, um, like you said, yeah, it was nice to have those two guys out there to one cover up some weaknesses, but I also think there was probably a little bit of, you know, Zion and Brandon were watching those guys defend, you know, at the point of attack and that probably motivates them to, you know, play defense a little harder. You know, you touched on, on Brandon, um, you know, usually, you know, the best version of Brandon defensively would probably fall under the category of being an average defender. Um, but, but last night, certainly I think, um, you know, he excelled defensively. I, I think probably you could count on one hand, maybe games in his career that he's looked better defensively. So, um, certainly ranked really high up there. And I thought he was super active on the defensive end. And I have a hard time believing that it was, didn't have something to do with the fact that he had those two other primary defenders in the lineup that, that he could kind of, you know, work off of and see how hard they were working. And it, it pushed him to be also locked in on the defensive end. No doubt about it. And, you know, like I've always said, I think the best version of this team is, when they can get those stops and when they can get out in transition, just because they are so tough uh, being guarded in transition. You saw that with the 46 or 48 fast break points uh, last night, which I think is a record for them. Uh, but, you know, I think that ultimately just fueled them and, you know, got them really passing the ball as well um, with all the assists they had uh, with 33. So all in all, just really good, sights to see from uh the game against the Mavericks here yeah it was a it was a good night and I think you know the transition points were certainly a a big part of it and tells a you know pretty well written story in terms of you know how they were successful and were able to come out on top against a team like the Mavericks the the way that Dallas plays you know they shoot a lot of perimeter jump shots they shoot a lot of shots early in the clock having to do with you know Luke and Kyrie so um, you know, nights that you're locked in against them and, and you do a good job of contesting some of those threes that leads to a lot of long rebounds and opportunities to get out and, and go and generate a lot of offensive, you know, baskets in the transition, which certainly, um, you know, helps anybody's game, but, but certainly a guy like Zion, you know, being able to get him out and, you know, have him get six to eight easy ones a night, you know, getting in transition, whether it's catching lobs or him running the break himself. So, Certainly a recipe that they can they can aim for in terms of bringing it defensively and playing with that level of intensity. But um, you know it'll be different night to night depending on who they're playing against and, and what that team's playing style is on a given night. Yeah, just from my perspective as well, I really thought everyone who came off the bench last night did bring that energy on both ends. You saw a guy like Jordan Hawkins doing his thing, making a lot of shots and. Uh, you know, B.I. Zion finding him there. And, you know, Najee Marshall, second game back, he comes in, brings that kind of jolt of energy, kind of like Jose does. Um, so it was really good to see Najee pour in 16 points. But I, I just like the activity and the energy that he was bringing. Yeah, Najee's been really good since he's came back, at least playing with a really high motor. Um, you know, he's brought a lot of those intangible things in terms of effort and energy and um, a little bit of that, you know, he's got a little bit of Dylan Brooks in him, right? Not the same level of um, peskiness that Dylan certainly has, but, you know, he, he is a dog defensively. You can tell that he likes to get into the head and, and get into the body of a lot of those other um, opposing top-level players that we play against. So um, certainly it's been a, a big addition to get him back. 
But, you know, looking at that bench unit, especially with the continued emergence of, of Hawk, who's just, you know, I think at this point really blowing any of the expectations anybody had for him for this year really out of the water and, and not only looking like a guy that, um, you know, is going to be a really good player surrounding Brandon and Zion in terms of being a catch-and-shoot guy, but, I mean, there's just so many levels to his game, and I think ultimately, you know, he looks like he's going to be a, a higher-level prospect than a lot of people thought, and, you know, one day I think you could see him being a, a really effective high-level scorer at a multitude of levels um, that certainly just gives this team another wrinkle, and, and one thing to for me that I've started to think about and, and look ahead to is assuming that this team is, you know, right around the corner here in a number of weeks, you know, hopefully just after Thanksgiving from essentially being returning to full health is I just, I just don't know how you get all of these guys minutes. I mean, I think obviously we've seen players like Kyra who's fallen out of the rotation at this point. Um, you know, I, I think that's just going to continue. I think there's just not enough minutes for, um, you know, these rotation guys, you know, the front office has done a really good job of putting around some, you know, role players that have very specific skills, but, you know, they fit very well with what this team needed. And, and really when you start looking at what's on that bench, you know, they've got two or three really high end blue chip prospects there, you know, in the bench rotations that are going to need a, a heavy dose of minutes, you know, being obviously Trey and, and now Hawk. But I think at this point, you know, all things considered, I think you got to throw Dyson in there, right? I think his versatility, his size, his ability to kind of play that combo guard at times, you know, he's done a good job of um, running the offense. And there's been times where it looks like he's been running it from the, from the point guard position that we've been really effective and he's been doing a good job of getting us in and out of sets quickly and, and getting to the right spot. So, I mean, assuming you return back to your normal starting lineup when CJ returns, I mean, there's three guys right there that I think at a bare minimum are going to have to get 20 minutes a night, um, if not more, when, when looking at Trey. So it just I have a hard time seeing who else cracks that rotation, assuming that you know your big three is going to play between 30 to 32 minutes a night. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but Herb's currently averaging per game, but I would imagine he's right around 30 a night. Um, so there's just not a whole lot of minutes. So especially the return of someone like, like Jose, who obviously brings a, a good wrinkle in terms of, um, you know, his energy and, and his defense. But I think a lot of his minutes are also going to go to Hawk, right? I mean, it's just, I don't know. That could just be me, but I, I think you're going to have a really hard time getting some of these guys in the rotation, which is certainly a, a, a good thing, a good problem to have, right, if you, you do run into more injuries down the road. But um, I think there's going to be some difficult decisions that need to be made because, those three guys are just so versatile and have such specific skill sets that fit so well um, around, you know, those three main offensive players that you're just, you're going to have a really hard time not having those guys on the floor a large majority of the time next to those three. I couldn't agree more with uh, all those points that you brought up. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, that's, with the full, you know, healthy unit and the regular starting five out there, you're you're looking at eleven or twelve deep. So it is the question of who is getting bumped out of here, um, because I think Hawkins is fully, you know, been deserving of keeping a spot here when Trey and Jose come back and 
rightfully so. He's played really, really well. I don't think Trey's going to lose his spot. It might take him a little bit to get back into his groove from last year. But you're really looking at like Dyson, Matt Ryan, Najee, you know, and maybe one other I mean, person. Yeah, realistically, I mean, I think this team, this team yeah. at their best probably is a nine-man rotation the way that I see it. I mean, and you got to remember too, right, there's going to be some internal pressure in terms of giving guys like Dyson and Hawk those minutes over a guy like Jose just in terms of, you know, where they were drafted and, and you know, the investment that they've put into those guys, right? Like even if they were playing at, a, at an equal level, you would imagine that they're going to have more of a nod to get that playing time just because of that. But that's outside of the fact that I think both of them are playing at a super high level and are really, really contributing. So to me, I think it's those three guys, and then you got to somehow find a way to supplement some form of a, you know, a bigger body in there, whether that's, you know, Larry when he's healthy. You know, Robinson Earl has been a nice surprise in terms of, you know, he at least plays – um, with a high motor, he's shown in a small sample size ability to stretch the floor. I mean, I don't see them really, you know, if if all things are, are clicking and they're healthy totally, I don't see them really going deeper than nine because of the skill sets that they have. You know, you'd imagine they're going to have at least, bare minimum, always one of the big three on the floor, if not two at one time. And, you know, possibly JV out there or Herb, well, then really the only thing left to do is throw those three out there because they slot so nicely at the two, three, and four, you know, or the one, um, you know, one, three, and four. You know, they just they fit nicely around whichever of the three guys are out there that it almost feels like it's always going to be them out there or it's going to be that starting lineup. I don't see a whole lot of, you know, lineups out there that you're having to look for a guy like Jose to get very many minutes because – to me, I'd I'd always rather, you know, although talk isn't a primary ball handler, you know, if CJ's out there, obviously CJ's going to have the ball. You would think that Brandon's going to have the ball in his hands a lot of the time. But, you know, obviously having a guy like Hawk next to Brandon certainly is more advantageous than a guy like, like Jose, in my opinion. So um, I think there's certainly quite a few guys that are have, are meeting the criteria for falling out of that rotation and maybe... You know, they're bunched together to, to hopefully find one other piece to really round out that, that bench unit because, um, you know, at least two of those three guys, in my opinion, so far, they look like they have a way higher ceiling than just being a, a typical, you know, seven through nine role player, right? Like, you, you want to get those guys reps, right? They have, a, it looks like, a, a skill set and ability to certainly be um, really high-level contributors. So I think you really got to push all those chips, you know, to the front of the table and, and allow them that, that opportunity to grow next to, you know, the big three that's currently in place. Yeah, fully healthy. You're looking at about 12 guys who are vying for, like you said, eight or nine spots. So it becomes the question of all these guys bring certain, you know, skill sets or different things to the table and then like at the end of the day you just got to be like hey like like you said maybe down the road if we have more injuries yeah it's perfect to have these guys back there but you're going to be needing to get minutes to those guys so i mean it's definitely a good thing to have but 
obviously I wouldn't want to be that person making those decisions um, because you would think it's just the starting five. You go Trey, Hawk, Dyson, and then like you're saying, at that point, you kind of need some form of a big, and if that's Larry or Robinson Earl, you know, it kind of gets to the point where, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, even though he's a really great shooter, he's probably falling out of the rotation. Najee Marshall, who's a great energy guy, defender as well, he's probably out of the rotation. So it just becomes a numbers game at that point on, you know, what you need and what you feel comfortable going with uh, with these guys. And, you know, it's that kind of old analogy, you know, when you're hurt and someone kind of gets your spot, you never want to get hurt because there's always the chance of someone stealing that spot. And I think that's, you know, happened to maybe a couple guys here with the assurgence of Jordan Hawkins and Dyson really taking advantage of, you know, Trey, Jose, and, you know, CJ uh, being out a little bit. So they've been able to show a little more of their game. And I think it's really benefited those two guys the most. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, maybe down the line, this you look back at this 10-game stretch and, you you know, you're not thankful for the injuries, but you see it as a, as a positive because it just expedited the, the growth of, of guys like Dyson and Hawk. So, um, you know, that's certainly one way to look at it is, you know, kind of had to go through this to fully see what they had there. But now that you see what it is, you know, I think you got to lean all the way into it. Um, you know, especially a guy like Hawkins and, and Trey, you know, those are going to be two really, really high level young players with, you know, amazing ascending skill sets for the modern game that, you know, even being role players, you know, I would be tempted to get them close to 28, 30 minutes a night just because of the impact that they have not only by themselves, but the impact that their skill sets play in terms of getting the most out of those other three guys. So, um, like you said, it's a, it's a good problem to have, but, you know, there, there's going to have to be some guys that um, have to, you know, swallow a difficult pill for the time being and have to maintain their professionalism and be ready to go because you know how it is. There's injuries around every corner, but, um, you know, the closer and closer we get to it, um, you know, really, really excited, especially coming off of last night and in the way that they were playing and, um, you know, really just excited to see this group back together with the addition of, um, you know, Trey and essentially CJ. But most importantly to me, it's just I'm thinking about how Trey and, and Hawk really just changed the dynamic um, for Brandon and, and Zion, you know, and then obviously still thinking about a guy like CJ, but um you know, those those skill sets are just so difficult to, you know, cover from a defensive aspect for other teams that um, this will be something that we really haven't seen for the four or five year tenure. So um, certainly can't get get those guys back soon enough. Hopefully, just following Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, all great points. I mean, you know, Brandon says it a lot. You can't guard all of us. You know, win healthy, and you're on that break, and you have. Jordan Hawkins on the left wing running in space and hopefully Trey on the right wing and you have any combination of Brandon Zion or CJ, it's going to be pretty difficult to be guarding every single person out there, especially with their shooting abilities. Um, but I just wanted to ask, did you think this team looked a little different last night, a little more, you know, hop to their step? What would, do you think maybe credited that? And uh, was it just, you know, maybe off of an embarrassing loss coming out and playing harder? 
I mean, I think there was certainly some of it. I mean, it's hard not to imagine that if you take a loss like that at home that you're not going to respond and play with energy. But, you know, we've seen other games this year also where we've, you know, we've taken some bad losses and it, it didn't look like that. You know, I think it was almost the perfect storm, right? You're you're coming off of um, a tough loss, but not only that, you're playing the same team that you lost to. So there's obviously some extra fuel to that fire. Um, you're playing in front of your home crowd in one of your tournament games and, you know, on one of those new floors. So I think, you know, that added some energy to it. And then, I mean, I think it's, it's not to say that there's some issue internally where, right, there's a, a massive issue with, you know, the coaching dynamic. But, I mean, it, it certainly seemed like um, the way you saw them react to, to JB's coaching, that they, they took it in stride and they reacted well to it. And it, it certainly – um, you know, follow suit what I've heard regarding JB as a coach. You actually heard it, um, I believe, in a segment last night's game that, you know, they, they were talking about how Jason Kidd was talking about JB being one of the most, um, you know, impressive offensive minds that he's coached against and, and the way that he pushes his guys and motivates his guys. I mean, that's what I saw. I saw a new level of offense and a, a group that looked motivated and, and ready to go to the fact that, to me, what I saw, right, with, especially with like a guy like Brandon is you almost saw that he, he knew JB was going to put him in a position to, you know, maximize his, his game and his abilities last night and was, was going to allow him to play with pace and, and make a lot of decisions and, and push tempo and, and, you know, really get his teammates involved. And, you know, you, you came out and you saw a guy, you know, Brandon really being bought in and being really, really active. And it just, it seemed like there was a lot of cohesiveness there um, just as a group. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to just solely say, yeah, it's because Willie was out. But I think there is something about having a, a fresh voice and a fresh face that, you know, is telling you something slightly different or, or motivating you in a slightly different way. And um, I, I think it was certainly a positive thing and, and something that we'll have to monitor as we go because, you know, pretty much everything that JB was um, – you know, mocked up to essentially bring when we were looking at him before the season. We, we kind of saw it, saw it on full display last night, and it's hard to argue that it looked really, really good. So, um, you know, obviously we hope that we don't have too many situations like that, you know, that Willie isn't forced to remove himself from the sideline due to an illness or anything like that. But we need to find a way to, um, you know, mend the, the best – version and characteristics that JB has a coach with, with what Willie's really good at too. Right. And I think that's something that those two need to work on and, and figure out a way to, to maximize both of their both or both of their abilities. Cause I was really impressed with what I saw. Yeah. Just to speak on that point, I just saw uh, Borrego really, really engaged throughout the whole game. You know, Willie's, one of the coaches that he'll sit down a little bit, but he will also stand up. But I really felt uh, kind of that vibe from JB. He was up, he was moving around, he was, you know, talking to the refs when he may have thought that we deserved a call or something like that. It just seemed like he was very intentional last night and the whole team came out with a little bit more confidence. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the word you're looking for is he was just engaged. He was very engaged with what was happening on the floor. Um, there also wasn't a lot of time where we would get the ball out of the basket and we would just kind of walk it up and just kind of go into our typical stuff. Like 
you saw him calling out a lot of actions and different sets and and things almost on a possession to possession basis. And you could you would see a guy like either Dyson or Brandon looking over there to get the call, and they were getting into things quicker and and they were being assertive with it, right? Um, there was also a really good ATO um, that he drew up that it, it it was probably the first ATO I've seen this year that that looked like you know we came out with an intention like there was a purpose behind the ATO rather than just oh we're going to do this or whatever comes out of it like there was a very specific action and a very specific look that we were trying to get and, and you know we were able to get it and Brandon did a good job of, of finding his teammates there but um, just just small stuff like that you know as you work through a game it just it just adds up and it just allows you to just be more effective on the offensive end and, and generate cleaner looks and it just it doesn't allow guys to kind of you know become passive and, and potentially fall back into into bad habits so um, I was really excited to see how something like that did benefit BI I think that was by far the best game of the year from Brandon he was playing at a different pace he was playing at a different level um, and like you, you had mentioned to me earlier, you know, 18 potential assists, um, you know, that's, that's not an accident, right? That's all coming from that, that offensive pace that they were playing with and, and the looks that they were able to generate for other guys. So I was, uh, really impressed with it. As was I, I, I mean, by far just the most activity on the defensive end from our group of guys and it just seems like they were really, really in tune with everything they were doing last night. And, you know, not all nights are going to be like that. And, you know, you just hope that there can be some carryover from this game to hopefully build on those things uh, going into game in and game out, especially Friday with, you know, the Nuggets coming into town and all that. So hopefully this is just a small step that can, uh, game in and game out, get them the confidence to say, hey, you know, this system works. If we all just believe and trust in each other on that defensive end, you can see what we can do offensively. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, JB gave him the blueprint, right? He gave him the perfect game to see exactly what it looks like, but now it's on them to, to be professionals. And, you know, now they have to do the work, right? They have to see, hey, this is what it looks like. This is what um, we're capable of doing when we do things the right way and, and the way that we're being coach to do them um so the hard part is is can you stay locked in enough to do it night in and night out um so that'll be a big test for the group but hopeful that you know maybe they don't hit the same level of shots and, and maybe things aren't everything's not falling and, and it's one of those nights but if you can just see that like you said they're locked in and bought in and um you know they, they have a purpose offensively they look more crisp right it, they just look like they had more direction and had more um, confidence in what they were actually trying to do. So, um, you know, those are two of the, the things I'm looking for that, like you said, the being engaged defensively as well as, you know, not just um, sleepwalking on the offensive end and just kind of going through the motions, you know, continue playing with um, that assertiveness. And if you do that, you're going to generate a lot of good looks for a lot of different players. So um, really looking forward to it just from that aspect alone. No doubt about it, Pat. And like I said, the Nuggets are coming into town on Friday, another big in-season tournament game uh, with a lot of implications. I don't know if you've looked at the standings, but, uh, you know, we win this game. It gets us into first place with the differential in the point system there. Uh, so a big one at home for sure, and we definitely own one for the previous game in the earlier 
on in the season. Yeah, I think everything, again, just kind of lines up to be a a really big moment for as you know as big of a moment moment it can be right 12 games into the year um obviously this new tournament system but i think it's it's a good opportunity to show that um they're able to kind of take advantage of the opportunity that's ahead of them and and they got to come out and and they got to deliver right another game on their home floor with with, uh implications in place so it's on them to do the little things and play the right way and, and hopefully if they do that they can go ahead and take care of business and um, really kind of put themselves in the driver's seat looking forward for the, the rest of this tournament. And obviously all of those experiences certainly can benefit a young group that, that hasn't had a lot of experiences like that. So, um, you know, your hope is you can take care of business, you put yourself in a position to advance into the tournament, and, and maybe you can really get some meaningful games here in the midseason that can really expedite the the learning curve this group has in, in playing in big games and um, can kind of work through the kinks so that you look hopefully towards the end of the year. If you've had a successful year, you're in a position to be playing some playoff basketball and, and you can really look back to some of these moments throughout the year as, as things that really got you headed in the right direction. For sure. And, you know, I think this team really needed a game uh, against this Mavericks team to kind of get them some more confidence and to truly show them that it does work. So hopefully, like I said, they can uh, – continue this for Friday's game and they're on a back-to-back with I believe Minnesota on Saturday so you know two big games at home coming up this weekend and hopefully we can just continue um, you know keep getting better yeah for sure great opportunity Um, looking forward to it for sure I know all of our fans are looking um, forward to it Um, you know speaking of our fans um, I know you and I have got something planned, um, another show as we got some off days here. Obviously, we're going to change it up and maybe do a little bit um, of some different analysis and, and maybe some, you know, some deep dives and, and some roster moves as, as there's been a lot of talk around the team lately. Hopefully, all of that is hopefully quieted here, right, as they continue to trend in the right direction. But um, I think it's good to let everybody know, all of our listeners, that we've got something planned and, and we're excited to share it with you and, and that'll be coming here shortly. So. Yeah, excited for that and uh, to be talking over some things there. Uh, But again, your New Orleans Pelicans get the victory over the Dallas Mavericks, 131-110 to uh, in the in-season tournament game and looking forward to Friday. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it.